It's in your it's in your sitter. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, ruler of all space and time, who made us holy through his commandments and commanded us to count the Omer. Today is four days of the Omer. Amen. Yes, cool little uh, cool little dear earlier. Let's get some extra uh, readings and so forth. Is talking about the. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very cool little deal. It's free too. Oh, man, it's, man, it's, uh, it's, Master of the Universe, grant me the ability to be alone. May it be my custom to go outdoors each day among the trees and grass, among all growing things, and there may I be alone and enter into prayer to talk with the one to whom I belong. Please, with the power of your right hand's greatness, free the bound one. Accept the glad song of your people. Empower us. Make us pure, awesome one. Mighty one, please, those who seek your unity, watch them like the pupil of an eye. Bless them, purify them, show them compassion. Your righteousness bestow on them always. Holy ancient one, with your manifold goodness, lead your community. Unique, proud one, face your people who remember your holiness. Receive our pleas and hear our cries, knowers, knower of secrets. Blessed be the name of the glory of the kingdom forever and beyond. Amen. It really is a cool little deal there. Some of it's, some of it's pretty mystical, and it works, by the way, it's called Omer Count. From Neo Hasid. How cool is that, right? Yeah. I want to be a Neo Hasid. Yeah. That's right, yes. Okay. Well that was uh, that was that was delicious. Alright. So let's uh, let's see if we can come to some consensus on uh, some of the points we discussed in the last hour. Uh, the first I would ask is, are we all agreeing that, <clears throat> obviously without, I think it goes without saying, well evidently not since I'm going to have to say it, um, that, that we're going to begin with the scriptures. Is everybody, we're all there, right? We just start, the scriptures is the foundation, that's what we're starting with. All right, so I'm presupposing now that we're in agreement that we're going to look to the Judaism side of our faith for some halacha as our starting point. Does that sound good to everybody? We'll start there first. Okay. So if we're starting there, then um, I guess then we, we, as Gentiles, since we're not a part, since we're not allowed to be a part, um, we need to then um, review it and determine if it meets muster. Does it line up with the scripture? Does it nullify the commandments as the master was so concerned about? Uh, does it cause us to deny the master? Does it give us greater unity with, uh, or unity with greater Israel and so forth? Um, I think these are some great ways to look at these halakhic decisions. So, Let's wrestle for a second with the authority versus, uh, uh, what do we call it? Guidance. Submission? Guidance. 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 Authority versus guidance, okay? Um, so I, I think that's probably a class in and of itself, but let's, let's give it a shot and see how we do. Um, would you say that our authority is the shlichim, 
the the apostles, or would you say that our authority are the elders of Israel when there is a set of elders for Israel? Okay, so there's a break in the chain. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, Now, of course, where does the Catholic Church get the unbroken secession of popes that started here? No, 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 no. I didn't ask where they got it started from. I asked where do they get the concept of an unbroken chain. They got it from Judaism, the unbroken chain of succession of the oral Torah going down from the men of the great assembly all the way through, right? So it's a, the Catholics stole it from the Jews. Oh, what a surprise, right? Okay, so I, I'm wondering if, if there seemed to be such care to make sure there was no break in providing the oracles of God. Do you think God is surprised that right now there was a break in that apostolic succession or are the guys on television really the apostolic successors of, of that so do you think God's surprised I mean oh, I, I sent those I sent all my money to those guys on TV so I hope they're there well yeah we can all yeah that's right so so if, if so is is that the authority and if so do we only go by what they wrote and if what they wrote lines up with the scriptures, and there's very little halakha in there, and Paul was teaching the traditions of Judaism, the traditions of Israel, then I'm, I'm wondering where we're going. One sec. You see where we're going? The prayer itself handed us to light the candles. Sabbath lights, right? And, you know, often get the question, you know, from from Christians who are happen to be celebrating Sabbath with us, or or even from other quote-unquote messianics who are new to the walk, who, yeah, whatever the case may be, to say, well... Where does it come? There's no commandment to kindle Sabbath lights in the Scripture. Exactly. Absolutely true. We say that God commanded us to kindle the Sabbath lights, right? Which comes back to this whole issue of the shmicha and the authority that's passed and come down because my understanding of the way Judaism reads that is that God gave Moses smicha. He, was, he, he said, you are my representative on this planet, right? And that authority was passed from Moses to Joshua and the whole deal. Which means that whoever has the authority, when they make a Halakic ruling, ruling, as it were, it is as if God gave the ruling 
because the authority originated with That's God, right. and and was entrusted to them by God, and assuming that Moses did his job of passing that to a godly man, and that person passed it to a godly man, and so forth, that the reason Judaism has no problem saying God commanded us to kindle the lights, even though it's not written, is because the commandment, if you will, came through the authority that was ordained by God. I would... I would not only agree with you, but but just put in a a, a, a a parenthetical statement, because the commandment to sanctify the Sabbath came from God, and the halakhic authority said, "You're going to do this by lighting candles before and after to set it apart." So that halakhic authority is saying, "You are." sanctifying this and keeping the command by doing this. No, no, the halakhic authority clearly set, the, set that tradition, if you will, in place, no question. Mm-hmm. But the prayer is, blessed are you, Lord our God, who sanctifies by his commandments, right, etc., etc., and who commanded us, meaning the implication of the prayer is that God commanded us to, to light the... Yeah, absolutely. And, and all I'm saying is that I don't have any problem with a halakhic authority extending the prayer and almost giving us a shorthand to say, you've been, we've been commanded to sanctify this day. You will do that. At least one of the ways you'll do that is by lighting these candles. Between your eyes. And, the, the, and the notion that that's filling, that's the how. That's, I agree with it. It's the how. Yeah. The command is to do this, but we still say the blessing because we're doing this by doing this. Exactly. I don't know that I'd go so far as to say that halakhic authority can add commandments. They claim they See? don't. Because I'm, I'm just saying, they're saying this is how you do it, and we're going to bless God for commanding us to do this because this is... Well, that's interesting because... I, and I could be wrong. I might be wrong on this point. Uh, but my understanding is that that within Judaism, there this falls into one of a very short list of commandments that the rabbis say we have added. That could be. Now, now, I mean, it's not violating a Torah command sure. in, in the sense that the, there's a commandment clearly to sanctify the Sabbath, but but they, have, but, but the reason, uh, my understanding is that the reason the, the prayer implies that God commanded it is because they've got the authority to do so. Right. Well, they they certainly have the right to bind and loose, sure. and without that authority. You you have no authority, right? Um, but I think that. So how do, how do you, you know, I don't know if maybe I'm the only one who's ever gotten this question. But I get I get the question all the time. So and, I answer, I answer and, it the same way you do. Yeah, I, I you know we what we're commanded to do is work is walked out in this method 
Because the sages said, this is how you can keep this commandment. This is how we as a people will do it. So it's as good as you've commanded us to do the candles because in so doing, we are keeping your commandment, that kind of thing. And that dotted line is, you know, like in the uh, org chart, right, is I've got this because of that. Um, But I don't even go through the sages when I'm talking to a Gentile. If I'm talking to somebody outside Torah, I mean, I'm just like, okay, this is just how we do it. And this is a traditional prayer of our people. You know, if, if it bothers you, change it. But, you know, it doesn't bother me. And if they said, well, why would you pray the wrong prayer? Why would you attribute uh, Then I go through the dotted line deal. So I don't have a problem with it. Um, but, but this is good. Well, there's yes, a question sir. of unity as well. Um, there's, if you're going to, you know, say, okay, I, I just totally do not buy this and say, God never commanded this, and I don't care what you say, how we're connecting dots, and you know, here's my hypotenuse between this command and this whatever. And, and that's the it, sola scriptura. It, it, exactly. I, I, I'm just kind of playing Christian's advocate. Or... <laughs> For those of you living in Gastonia, that was a joke. Yeah. Uh, the, the point is, what what do you have that's better? What can you, I mean, why would you say that, okay, starting at the mountain, we, we're, we're coming, okay, that's a wall, two, three, that's, you know, 3,500 years, approximately, that we've seen the tradition kept this way, all right, and it is clearly not contrary to the greater obviously right, right. it doesn't nullify it doesn't go it doesn't doesn't violate the master yeah why would you try why would you try to reinvent the wheel as well, it were? Johnny you have you have laid out for me exactly what this whole class I am hoping is going to culminate in if there is a Jewish reckoning of how to do something how to do it all why would you, out of hand, simply toss it and want to start over from scratch? I would say you're anti-Semitic. Pride and anti-Semitic. I would go there. So now, where are you at? Well, you're on my third slide, right? Now, I, I, I mean, really. So my thought would be, at least I guess, I guess we're actually looking at matters of, of, of counsel or preference. Guidance. Guidance, thank you. Guidance. Are you saying that if, I mean, this in, in the case that Johnny just brought up, um, that was, there was a way to keep the commandment that we're going to make up. Why, why would we make up? We're not going to accept it. Right. Why are we going to make up a new way when there's already a way so, there? But in that, in, in what you just um, ended to his whole idea, aren't you sort of saying that? Rejecting any of the halakha is what you want to third time. Not necessarily. No. Good. Because you're saying that No, because I think that, you know, again, we want the assumption is that it's it's going to go through those questions that we've been, we've not been dealing with. It's an issue of it's not a, a starting matter, point. It's a, it's a principle. It's a, yeah. From a principle perspective, why would we reject it out of hand? Right. 
without even examining it, why would we reject it out of hand, right? Okay. So we, we look at the kosher question of separation. Well, we're going to examine that. That seems pretty bizarre. I, I mean, boiling, milk, dairy, kid, goat, yeah. we got to examine that. Is there, a, is there a halakha already out there? Absolutely. Can we just follow it? Yeah. Yes, we can. To just say, I'm not going to do that. Why? Well, because the Jews made that up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time, 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 time. Now we get into the area that I wanted to talk about. We all agree that rejecting anything out of hand puts you on the third side of the mind. Yeah. The real question. So we can we can skip ahead? Right. Is that true? Wait, wait, wait. He doesn't want to skip ahead. All right, good. I wanted to hear the rest of his Go ahead. Hear it out, and then we'll, we'll hear Rick, because he's not ready to skip ahead. <laughs> well, well, I think you were... I must have just missed what you said out of hand. The, the, of rejecting anything out of hand without examination. Yes. I th- I, I'm, I'm advocating... Yeah, I'm, I'm advocating that the Jewish halacha is, is the way where we should start and if we're not going to follow the Jewish halacha for the faith which we're practicing, then I ought to have a pretty good reason for it. And I think it was so beautiful last week when Ken brought up an alternative explanation. I think he's dead wrong. And he knows it. He knows it. I think he's dead wrong. The beautiful part about it, though, was Greg was like, God bless you, man. I never thought of that. that was a great. Yeah, we never thought of that. That's fabulous. There's an alternative. Instead of just, I'm not going to do that. Why? Well, it's Jewish. What? No, I'm not going to do that. Why? Because it's hard. What? I'm not going to do that because it's a pain in the neck. What? It's a burden. What? Yeah. I just don't get those answers. Don't work. But that there may be an alternative explanation that we haven't considered from the scripture. I can work with that. And that's where I'm coming from. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, to, to Johnny's point, uh, as an example of the Shabbat, because we, we've heard innumerable times people say, well, we don't really know what day Saturday is anyway. <laughs> that's, you may not. That's right. I have heard a well-known Messianic leader in answering this question say, well, you know, it's all confused, and they used to do 30, 29 and a, and a, and a quarter days was a month, and they divided it into four. So the Shabbat actually happened every so many days because they always had four Shabbats in a in a in a lunar month. And I'm sitting there going, not only is that stupid, <laughs> it's mathematically insane. And he's made it up. He he's it. made it up he from it up nothing. Up. Look, That's right. You come from an Orthodox home, you don't know this. Okay, but the key is Jews never forgot it. So guess what? It worked really good. <laughs> We know for certain what day. The whole world knows for certain the day of the week because Jews kept the Sabbath. That's exactly right. And the way they did it is what made it last. That's Amen. the key. Well, because now we have people who don't know why, but every once in a while, every seventh day, for some reason, we have to go in the basement and light candles, and I don't know why. Yeah. Right? I exactly. Mean, Jews. They That's right. They, they had no idea. Hard, but they still know what they, what every day, every, they always knew what the Sabbath was. They just didn't know what was about. What was about. Exactly. So the traditions are extremely powerful in, in, in transgenerational information. And traditions don't work if they are so spread out that there is no consistency or continuity. Because then the tradition is not passed down 
generationally, it's only passed down by each family. And eventually, it will die out. That's a problem. That's a big problem. But if there's 13 families represented here tonight, and 13 families are doing exactly the same thing, there's a very good chance that the 13 times 5, uh, 130 divided by 2, 65, that the 65 descendants represented in the room are also going to follow that. Maybe we'll lose 10 points. So, you know, now we're down to what? 65 minus oh, 6, 59. Uh, I, yeah, okay. You know, <laughs> plus now they're mates, 65 double. Now we're back up to the 130, you know, and, 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 and she, it's you know, so it's long. the Brett commercial. Yeah, yeah, and so on. Yes, sir. To my earlier point of unity as well, um, there, there's also, there, there are, of course, great traditions of us are, are keeping this. They're also very bad traditions, and those are the ones that kind of give the faith, as it were, a bad name. You know, I'm looking at this past weekend where I'm you know, reading Facebook, and oh, we had a great Easter hunt today, and where, where's, where's the meaning and significance in that? People don't know, but they're perpetuating it, and so, you know, this this is where I would, you know, tip my hat to, um, Brother Alex Burroughs, who, who is, is great at speaking out against these things who, um, you know, when they, you know, there's no place for it. Sure. I, I think that the, uh, the question of tradition comes from the source of the tradition. And if the traditions are now codified, you don't have to worry about the winds of change and the liberal bent that we all tend to do over time. Remember the guy with the peyote down to here and down to here and you know, to his it right? Well, we don't have to worry about that if, it, if it's all been laid out so we all know what it is, you know? So, all right. Before you yes. Off the bad traditions, though, it, this, this goes back to what I said before. And we, we sh- although we should, although we may default to a, a a Jewish perspective, a guidance Jewish, as as and I'm, I apologize, I wasn't here for the for the, uh, for the separation issue, but there, there's a perfect example where if there's a tradition that actually causes division, we need to actually look long and hard at that. It's very easy if you live in Jerusalem to not have division over separation of meat and dairy. Very easy. Everybody does it, or everybody that you'd be fellowshipping with does it. Everybody's kitchen's the same. It's not true in America, and that's why you have communities in Chicago and in, in Brooklyn and Queens and elsewhere where people kind of stick together because it's hard to do it otherwise. Right. Exactly. Uh, messianic communities, I've seen it. Messianic communities splitting over issues like this, where pretty soon, like I said, I can't trust where you. I'm sorry, I love you, yeah. but I can't trust you. And I can't eat well, your house. I would, I would suggest that as messianics, we're stupid. My point is, and this is where I go back to the apostolic scriptures, uh, the apostles actually did give us guidance in this. Halakhic guidance, per- precise, both in Galatians and in, in Romans chapter 14. It's very specific guidance. We're supposed to not just trust each other, we're not supposed to ask. We have permission from the highest authority in the scriptures. Matthew 16, he gave it to the disciples, the apostles, that we are permitted to do things without asking when it comes to fellowship and food. 
I don't disagree with you at all. Um, I'm going to presuppose, though, that they were separating. There's no question that they may have been, but when you look at Romans 14, he actually says some believe they will only eat vegetables. There's no question of meat there. No. Why are they only eating vegetables? Exactly. Because they didn't want to eat the meat because they, they, they were concerned about the meat. I'm with you. What I'm, what I'm saying is... When, no, no, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is that I'm now taught that when I go over to your house, I don't have to worry about it. But the fact that there was separation going on was a, a pre-understood deal in my mind. And if that's the... I watched, I watched something at a, at, a, at a Messianic conference one time, and it broke my heart. This is never years ago, where the good people that were putting the conference on were trying to do everything. They were not Torah observant. But they're trying everything they could. Okay, tell me what I got to do. Read Leviticus 14. Okay, what else do I need to do? Go and read Kabbat.org. They read everything. Well, the one thing they forgot was to actually put hexer seals on the outside of the cafeteria before everybody walked in. You would think that it was the end of the world. People throwing a holy fit, acting like unbelievers, throwing the fit, God can't let me eat that food because I don't know who made it. What are you talking about, man? It's Gentiles that made it. Well, where's the hexer seal so I know that it came out of the right box? Unbelievable. That's divisive. I agree. That's actually destructive. Uh, and that's not honoring to God, and it's against Paul's instructions of Romans 14. And I would say it's completely against the scripture and the intent. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Almost an outward display to show, hey, look what I'm doing as well, right? Yeah, no, no, you know, it's that, would, that would presuppose motive, and I don't know the motives. These people were probably honest people, that that's what they did. They just made sure that, first of all, we don't eat out. We always eat at a kosher restaurant, and here we are, and we, we thought this was a safe place, and this isn't safe at all. What they didn't recognize was that they were given permission by the scriptures to not ask. In order to promote unity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was going to ask when we were talking about when you go into a home and you don't, we assume we don't have to ask for, um, is it because... Well, if he puts it in front of you and says, this is pork, you say, no, thank you. <laughs> right, well, I guess what I'm getting at is, let's say... Who's, who's home? Looking, well, within a, I guess... In our community? Within a community. In our community. Right. So if you look at a meal and you don't see dairy, you're going to assume that when they made or they cooked your steak, they weren't dazzled, dabbling in butter over. Is that what we're kind of getting towards? Are you assuming that it's kosher steak? See, on another side, we see we see another, we see, messianic, see, we see a messianic ministry that derides and has been known in the past to make fun of messianics because you don't keep it the right way. Yeah. There's no such thing as biblical kosher is what we've been told. It's like, well, yes, actually there is. It's Leviticus 14, 15. 11. Or 11, excuse me. Deuteronomy but beyond 14. that, we could say, yes, the traditions are good and acceptable, but don't make fun of people because they don't fall into that category. Yeah. And that's what this ministry, as we yeah. all know, yeah. without naming, yeah. uh, made it a selling point that y'all don't do it right. Which is completely divisive. Making people inferior and rejecting it altogether. Exactly right. Uh, to, to make sure we're clear on, on, on where we're going here uh, with regard to visiting, uh, if I go over your house, you already know I separate. So I'm going to assume that you are going to prepare the meal and you're going to separate it. And if you don't, you know what? It's on you, not on me. I don't need to worry about it because... It's your home. It's like the restaurant when it's bidding your food. They're the it's ones on responsible them. for that. <laughs> so, so the, so the, you know, the question of was the was 
Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going in with a joyful heart knowing that I don't have to be concerned about it. You would have cooked it the way I would have cooked it. Is this steak from a kosher butcher, or did you buy it over there at, at Trader Joe's? I, I don't know, and I don't care. I really don't care, and I don't have to care. On the other hand, if... Uh, Mike doesn't separate. I don't know if Mike separates or not, but we're going to use Mike as an example. Mike doesn't separate. And he shows up at your house, but you do. There's no doubt. There's, there's no problem, right? It's no problem. If, if I separate and I also, if, I se- if he separates and only eats kosher meat, I, we would know that. And he, I think he would assume that you would do right if you're feeding him. And I'd say the same the opposite, or the same goes for the opposite situation where I go to someone's house where I know for a fact they don't keep kosher law at all. It is my responsibility. I'm asking, as in the family that came here a couple weeks ago where they were asking this, is this, is this, is this. Yeah, because, they because completely they're outside their community. Right. They don't know. Yeah. Um, and so I think, did, I think they did good. What did Peter know when he showed up in... Cornelius' house? No, in Antioch. What was your question? What did Peter know when he showed up in Antioch? When the brethren came from Antioch of James and the book of Galatians. Yeah. Well, he was eating with Jews. No, he was eating with Gentiles. That was the point. No, he was eating with the so Jews. He wouldn't eat with the Jews. He'd been eating with the Jews, but then, but then when the Gentiles showed up, he only ate with the Gentiles. No, the other way around. He only ate with the Jews. Ate with the Jews. Right. Yeah. right. So, so he was eating with Jews. But before that, he was eating with Gentiles. Yes. I would, I would say, according to Acts 15, they were certainly keeping kosher. I, well, I would say that they, are, they were learning to keep kosher. I, I agree. But learning to keep kosher is different from keeping kosher. I, well, I'm with you. But, the, but, that's, but that's an important point, right? Because but, my, my, but, but to get back to that, the reason why it's important that they were learning is that Paul thought it was more important for community unity and love, Romans 14, mm-hmm. that he assumed the best of people yeah. versus... I, I don't disagree. I, I do think, though, that the concept that they were learning means that they wouldn't do something egregiously bad, like serve pork. Oh, absolutely. Right, so I, I would say that you know the, your, your bare minimums were certainly it's being kept. It's hard when it's there in black and white to miss that. But, that it's swine? Yeah. I would, it's like, okay, we don't eat swine. Does any, is there any excuse or is there any question about the fact that we don't eat swine? Okay, uh, yeah, we don't eat swine. Yeah, I, I, I would say that you know, one of the very first things that the new believers were taught was the table fellowship Absolutely. stuff. Well, then if, if that's the first thing they're taught, I would say that based on the letter from, from John, I mean James, and just the halakha that was prevailing in these new communities, that would have been the first thing. But in Rome, we know that Rome was at least 50% Jewish by the, by the list of the names. Right. So we know that there was a predominant Jewish influence in the Roman congregation, and yet there was still an issue with people going, you know, I just can't trust them. Yeah, but, we're not, but, we're, not, but we're not saying they were right. But, but I mean, your, your, your question was on Peter. And he was eating with the Jews, and Paul was saying, you still ought to be eating with those Gentiles. There's no reason why you've pulled away. But my, my point was that, he was that he was, making, he was making allowance for people who weren't all there. 
I would say that that's without question. But I, I don't think we can make the assumption. Don't know whether he is or isn't. Like you, but well, but he's, he said he's going over somebody's house who he knows does not keep kosher. Kosher in what way? That's I go back to that. Kosher I would say more or less. I know that I can differentiate between pork and shellfish and all that kind of stuff, but I know they don't separate. That's my main issue. So I can choose to eat a burger and say, "Hey, don't put cheese on my burger," but I can also say, "I don't eat shrimp." My friends, I don't eat shrimp, but when I get there and they have spaghetti and meatballs and cheese is already in there, and that and that, that, but that goes back to my point. So what are you going to do? You're going to say no, I don't do that. And, and, and what are you, what are you well, saying when you say that? I'm and I, I'm not accept, accepting your hospitality. Yeah. I am. <laughs> and how good, how well do you think that'll come across? Yeah. I I think we That's need. Yeah. I. I think that we should be above board and and always be loving. I don't think that we should violate the commands simply for table fellowship or for something like that. If they're going to have an orgy on the table, I'm not going to let it go by and say that. Right. Well, I, well, I, I you know, I, I think I think you can politely refuse when you're in the home of a non-believer, or one who who doesn't keep the halakhic standards you do. And how we react to that, I think, is Rick's point. We we should be wise on the front end and gracious on the back end. Absolutely. Yes. There's also strategic ways to eat the meal without them really knowing what you're doing as well. Oh, when you get invited yeah. over, say, oh, by the way, you know, everybody has Here's dietary issues. No, no, everybody has dietary issues. We're just a little weird. We follow a branch of Judaism, so we don't eat. Exactly. Shellfish and pork. The problem is on the front saying, end. By the way, I need to see a hexer seal. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. House. Don't go. Just and, tell them right off the bat. And, and save save the package the meat came that's, in. But that's exactly what the rabbinic authority will tell us to do like to start with. House. Just don't go. Invite them to your house, right? Yeah, yeah, or invite them to your house. Well, actually, they'd say which, don't do that which, which they wouldn't do if they were Gentiles. <laughs> that's right. But the answer is you don't go. In other, in other words, my point is you cannot accept the you're going to rabbinic authority on the issue of what you eat. You will never be able to eat with anybody other than someone who follows the same rabbinic authority. Period. The same or higher. So or higher. Well, that's well. There's, there's probably yeah. yeah. That's a matter. Of <laughs> isn't there? Isn't is a Hebrew national that says we we yeah. answer to a higher authority? This is the best hot dogs too. Uh, so I, I think we I think we hit a number. Good, good, go for it. So we have one issue that's coming out of this, even though it hasn't been directly stated, is what is, how do we define kosher, right? Mm. Is it just Leviticus 11? Uh, You know, uh, what do you do with, you know, with um, uh, meat strangled, right? What does that mean and how does that apply? Yeah. so I think that one issue is, as a, as a community, we have to teach what kosher is, which of course presumes that we all agree with it, which maybe, maybe we do, maybe we don't. But you've got to teach what, what kosher at some standard is from the scripture. Yeah. You know, and then how, how much halakha you know, you're going to layer in on that, you know, is, that's, that's, that's all up for debate. But... So there's a, there's a real need to 
teach, right. specifically, and, and what, what that does the scripture say about what is yeah. kosher? Is it just, you know, don't eat these animals and eat these, or does it go farther than that? The second issue is, uh, in terms of, you know, just good common sense, I think, to your point, I think it is. it makes sense. If you're invited somewhere, whether there's somebody outside of the community or, or whatever, you know, uh, or, or how many of us have family that you know that don't uh, you know that don't aren't or don't keep kosher? Whatever the case may be, I think it's I think one way to avoid some of the issues is to be upfront on the front end. Absolutely. Say, we'd love we'd love to you know looking forward to getting together. Uh, just want to let you know we've got these weird things about us that you should know. Yeah. And most people, you know, if you're gracious in the way you express that. Most people are going to be gracious. In you bet. Return. They want to have you over anyway. Yeah. So that's 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 I think one thing that came out of it. The other thing is, we are exor- exhorted in the scripture uh, by by Shaul, uh, by Yeshua, to prefer one another. That's right. right. Now that doesn't mean we vi- we violate the Torah right, right. You know, to make sure we don't hurt somebody's feelings, right? right? But if somebody's learning, right, and they don't quite understand, or they, you know, whatever the case may be, we should be adult enough, and we should be mature enough in our own walk to be able to deal with that graciously, be merciful, Amen. you know, without browbeating somebody or making somebody feel like an idiot, you know, because that is you just violated the Torah now when you do that. You bet. Right? So, you know, uh, so I, I think. Clearly, um, uh, you know this issue. You know, I mean, there's a reason why in Judaism eating is such a big deal. Because I think, quite frankly, food is a big deal to God. It is. From the very beginning. From the very beginning. So, can I talk on two, two comments? And Please. In regard to, to the writings of Shaul, I think he, he definitely is showing and, and and asking those communities, especially in Rome, to be graceful. But at the same time, he's not telling them to be complacent. I think the establishing a community and a level of where our observance is going to be is is you know, is primary, and then encouraging others that aren't quite there or are, are making their way up there is what he's addressing, I think. But again, they're almost going through the same dilemma we are in the sense that they're so new at this. They have people that are branching, you know, are grabbing on. So I, I think we can relate in that regard. Yes. Um, so so so. My point is not to be complacent with multiple levels of acceptance, but to, 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 to make sure that there is a known, established, here I think is what the majority of us are going to do, and when we are fellowshipping together, this is what we should prefer one another. In that yeah. You, you bring up a good point, and, and I, you know, I, I think it's a testimony that we've never had to come out and say, you know, we're, we're doing this for Oneg, be careful. We, we never had to do that. Um, almost, almost by accident, um, the Oneg foods are separated, and when we do get a, a meat dish that comes in, you know, it's put on a s- different surface than the than the other stuff. And and I think that uh, everybody pretty much knows where we're at. And uh, and I like the way we're doing that. I I, I think we got torn into a kosher class again 
and, that was and, weird. I apologize. That's my fault. That's all right. Right. Um, I, 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 I want to continue to, to recap to make sure that we, we come to conclusion um, so I can walk away uh, from this. So let me just make sure I do, and then we can, we can bring up your topic. Um, I think we agreed that we would not discount... Jewish halakha simply because it's Jewish or because it appears to us on the front end that it is inconvenient or we we dump the b word and say well no I don't I don't need to or want to do that because it's a burden I think if we grab the B word, we put ourselves on the self page immediately rather than joining with um, greater Israel. Um, Because one man's burden is another man's blessing. And uh, you can write that down if you like. Um, But I I think that... uh, It's something like that, yeah. That's if you're in T's. I'm on B's tonight. I, I do think, to, to, to Rick's point, if, if we're going to pick and choose and say, well, yeah, we, we, I go with the Orthodox Halakha, except when I don't like it. That's a bad reason. Yeah, I go with the Orthodox Halakha unless I just don't like it. Another bad reason. I go with the Orthodox Halakha unless I consider it a burden. I, I, th- I think that's a problem. I can tell you what, I just want to go with the Orthodox Halakha unless it comes to Okay. To the point of the, of, of the, the stronger, the weaker brother, Paul actually does the opposite of what we would expect. I was, I was at that same Messianic conference that so happens. This is a number of years ago. And... You can tell it really scarred him, can't you? <laughs> One of the conference leaders, this was made up, actually this is huge, there were probably three or four hundred Messianics there. It's big. And a number of people, obviously, were wearing tzitzit tied to their bellies. Ouch, ouch, ouch. <laughs> I actually offered to retie those for people. addressing it in a biblical Teaching, this person thought that they were teaching and stood up and humiliated them publicly. Ouch. Didn't point them out, but certainly people were tucking them into their pants as he's talking, how, how stupid it all looked. You know, and that kind of thing is when we need to understand that it's, it's, that's, the, that's the bringing the weaker brother up. But what Paul is addressing when he says only eating vegetables, those aren't the weaker brothers. The stronger brother. Those are actually, excuse me, those are the weaker brother, but not in the learning. They're not learning. They already know. And that's why they're eating only vegetables. In but he words, calls them the weaker one. They're the more strict. And he calls them the weaker one. That's he right. does that two so different we passages. We be very careful in, our, in the way that we uh, take Paul's words with regard to how we treat one another and recognize that the stricter is not always right and it's not always where we're all going. That's right. Sometimes, Sometimes that's true. And that's why in my life, I oftentimes, over time, find myself get stricter. In some areas, but not as strict in other areas. Mm-hmm. And, and 
what I would, you know, what I would hope that anybody would ever watch my walk would say, would agree with me that I always go with the Orthodox except if it causes division. You know, and but that what that means is that I don't accept Orthodox authority. See, that's where I differ. I I don't accept the authority then. In other words, the authority is all or nothing to me. I accept the guidance. Mm-hmm. I accept it as a starting point. But obviously, if it's authority, I can't say it's a starting point. It has to be the ending point, too. Sure, I agree. Authority is the wrong term for it. Yeah. We can't call it the authority because you you don't you now don't have the luxury of and saying... I'm placing myself I mean, over them to decide what's... To decide, yeah, I can't decide. It brings us back full circle to the... To the question of the question. Who, 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 for a community like ours... Who is the authority? Who is the authority? Who is the, who is the, and the, the all or nothing? Scripture. God. I think the, the problem there is, I don't have any halakhic guidance there. Thing, and that's where I think that... Because that's what I'm, that's the only stuff I'm talking about. The scriptures you chose are really good. And the reason why, with, with regard to... I think that what it shows is it shows that elders, uh, for good or bad, are men. They just they show up, right? For good or bad, and that's why you see some communities go off on a tangent. And guess what? The blame lies with the elders. You bet. Uh, and other communities go in a good way, and the credit goes with the elders because they're not chosen. You can go to church after church, and you'll have the pastor who stands up and tells you everything, and everybody goes, "We don't listen to that guy. We love him. We listen to these people." Or the other way around. Yeah. They naturally get their guidance from the people who God either raises up or the enemy raises up to deceive. You know, they just naturally go towards them. There's natural elders. So, for halakhic matters in our community, is the authority of the elders in our community? Where would the elders get their guidance? I would say. And we discourse on why we feel that it's inappropriate in a particular instance or overall to do this versus that. Now I can tell you, we had a couple that left this community because I was asked in a community gathering, if you don't know how to apply the scripture in your life, how are you going to figure out the answer? I said I would, I would look to the rabbis and see what they do. That's where I would start. That's when they left. I thought it was, yeah. Um, why, did, why would they leave? Why would that be absolutely... Because you're assuming, you're assuming that those people that don't know Jesus somehow anything good to know. Could have any kind of wisdom. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Gastonia, yeah, you know. Um, I'm reminded of your study that we walked through on First John, and you know, you, you infants, you young men, you learned men. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's important that we're all constantly growing. Um, if, if we're if we're right there at that the adolescent stage, you know, we we are still bringing up. The, the youth, the, the adult, the, uh, the infants, as it were, but that's where it's really integral that we are, you know, we have our rabbi. We have that person from whom we can learn as well. We have to constantly be telling ourselves, 
I don't have all the answers. I need to That's learn. I, I need to be learning constantly. I need, you know, if, if you're a teacher, you need to say, I need men from whom I can still keep learning. It, it's not, it's a, well, learn, learning is a lifelong process, and to say you've, you've arrived, you know everything there is to know about something. Big, big mistake. It's a huge mistake. It's, it's prideful, and, and it's, um, it, it's foolish. Yeah, I like your I like your uh, your analogy from the first John. You know, we we're all moving along. Exactly. I mean, it, that's why this community started, guys. I'm gonna pray with my family. Might as well open the front door and let you pray with us. Now we can at least get a minion and pray together. I'm praying anyway. Might as well come pray with me, right? Because we're all learning. And actually, I don't even think we had talits back then. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of where that is. What was the circumstance? It was just saying, like, it was saying that if you already say you already know everything, then you're almost forgetting everything that you've already learned. Well, that's a good point. It's right. If yeah. Anything I can tell you, teach you, pass down to you. Let me know. I already know everything. So, have you learned anything? Or yeah, we're starting over at square one. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good point. Yes, sir. There's a. I remember a. I remember a, a story that I learned about a number of years ago when we were still in church. story illustrates this idea of, of being compassionate. Uh, and the story went something like this. It was, in, it was in kind of an old time, you know, very staunch, conservative, you know, Baptist church, you know. And uh, one Sunday morning uh, into the church walks this younger uh, gentleman, long hair, earring, you know, kind of unkept, you know. Uh, You're describing the music minister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's today. Not that's today. That's, that's right, that's right. You know, not clean shave. You, know, you tell this guy, this guy presumably was not from around these parts. Right. He wasn't, you know, wasn't a churchgoer and stuck out in this kind of and, he, and, he, and this young man walks in. The service has already started. He walks in, and he kind of just walks down the aisle, and he gets up to kind of to the front of the, the by the front pew, and he just plops down on the floor, Indian style, and he's just sitting there listening to the you know the service. And you see all these people are trying to what is he doing? He can't do that. That's rude. No, you know. And. <laughs> One of the elders in the congregation, old old gentleman, suddenly <coughs> comes walking down the aisle, you know, and everybody's whispering, everybody's pointing fingers, you know, and, this, and the elder in the congregation is walking. I down love the aisle, this. I know where it's going. Him, sits down next to me. I love it. And and starts talking to him. 
you know, but just sits down right in the middle of the floor, Indian style, with, with the, you know, this, this young hippie guy, you know. And the point, uh, and, and of course that shocked, you know, that kind of sure. shocked some people. Yeah, yeah. But the point was that the elder was godly enough and had enough wisdom and was strong enough as, a, as, as an elder to know that it's okay to go up and sit down on the floor next to the guy who doesn't know any better. Yeah. You know? And and I think in many respects we have to have that same same level of compassion Amen. with people right. you know that are coming from all backgrounds and are different levels and you know, yeah. they didn't look at it a lot of Judaism. Wait, Emily Post says even yeah. in Judaism, when you have a, 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 a Bashuva who's coming right. back, right. they're not expecting them to suddenly right. keep all 613 commandments with all the halakha, you know, overnight. Right. right? There's this yeah. process of learning Amen. and all that. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. Process. And there's grace. And there's grace. And so in Orthodox Judaism, the Baal Teshuva is treated as the most holy. That's right. I... I um, I want to encourage you, um, if you've not been through a Torah cycle or two or three and, and you're, you're not very familiar with the Word of God, then you should be spending your time in the Word of God. Um, but if you've, uh, if, if you've, you've got uh, a good handle on a lot of that, there is some great value in reading through some of the Mishnah or the Torah, uh, the Talmud, um, because you read about stories like that um, that are either fabricated or real. I have no idea. Some of them are very cool. Um, but you read about great men of faith lifted up by their people for demonstrating just that kind of behavior with one another. Um, I'm reminded of one that Rick told uh, a couple of years ago now, I guess. Um, and you might have just been telling it to me on a break or something during Oneg uh, about... Uh, some guy that was kind of put out of the community and, and he was uh, he came to visit his friend or something and he was riding on the Sabbath on his horse. The other guy was walking him to the edge of the city and he's... Uh, mayor and, and Elias, it's uh, actually it's not Elias or Van Herkenos? Common, yeah. Person yeah. So he walks out with this guy. The, the, he's he's riding. The guy is walking because he won't ride on the Shabbat, and he gets to a certain point, and the guy on the horse stops because he had been counting the steps and knew that his friend couldn't go any further, even though his friend had completely lost count, and he didn't want him to violate his halakha, even though he didn't keep that halakha. And it's it's stories like that where you go, yeah, that's the guy I want to be like. I, you know, I want to be so conscious of this man and his walk and what's going on in his life that what's going on in my life is completely immaterial. Do you guys know this man's wife got hit by a car? If you don't know, you should. If you haven't asked how she is, you should. You need to see if there's something that can be done here. Did you know that this guy just got back in town? How about him? Did you know this man lost his father? You see what I'm saying? These, these things, we should know this. We're a community. We should know these things about the people that are in our community so that we can pray for them properly, so that we can help them with their walk and with their halakha. 
You come over to my house, you know I separate. You'll, you're going to be separating while you're here. I go over to your house, what will you do? Will you choose to separate that meal for me? God bless you. That's neat. Yes, sir. Final comment? It's time to go home. Oh, and I got another. Oh, you lost. Brother, it's because you had four teams so much. You know, for none of us live for himself, right? None of us die for himself. Amen. For if we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Amen. I mean, it really, I mean, he, he does summarize so nicely there. Um, before you get into 15 and 16 and all the goodbyes and you know, lots of names and whatnot. But, is that what it is? Um, good, good stories, and, and uh, I just want to encourage you that we can we can get some great examples from there, um, and you can get some weird stuff too. But uh, good stuff. Okay, so who's the authority? Hmm. And what are you going to do? And how are you going to do it? I'm interested in your comments. I hope you'll um, you can hit the you know, post comment on the Minotaur site, you know, so that we all get to, because some of you send me some great comments, and they're in email. Now, what am I going to do with that? You know, it's like, well, you've blessed me, but you could have blessed everybody, so go on there, and you could post a comment, and, and we can see. Yeah, but then I've got to do it for you as you, and it looks like I made it, and then I've got to put in, well, Johnny said, but Johnny has no fingers and can't type for himself, you know. Yes, all right. Um, let me uh, let me encourage you that uh, with two things quickly with regard to your halacha. Number one, and and I put it down in the post uh, this morning, which I actually wrote yesterday. I think um, you eating matzah during this week is as much a mitzvah as you getting eleven out of your house. Yep. You got to eat the lep. I mean, you got to eat the. You got to eat the matzah, right? You got to do that. If you don't do that, well, you're not really keeping the Passover. Okay, um, that's that's number one. Number two, um, I have I have learned mostly from uh, from Rick's commentaries and uh, uh, Brian's email thing that he sends out um, about the counting of the omer being so important. Uh, I think the halakha is that if you don't do the blessing, if you don't count and do the blessing, you can still count the next day, but you don't do the blessing. And if you don't count at all, you don't get to count and do the blessing anymore for the rest of the 50 days. So I want to encourage you, keep the count. (laughs) Keep the count. And you can throw that into conversation so easily Today's day four. Today's day four? Yes, day four of the Omer. What's an Omer? You, you got. I mean, it's, it's like you get an open door to preach about whatever you want, as deep as you want, to anybody you want. Your barber. I mean, man, you got the whole deal, baby. You can, you can pick and choose whatever you want. To your barber, to your butcher, to the, you know, to the bus driver, it doesn't matter. Just tell them, yeah, just tell them, today's, today's day for the Omer. And just, you know, that, to me, that's cool. Along those lines, I think you should know what day it is. You should know what day of the week it is, okay? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, today's the third day of the week. It's really not Tuesday, biblically. It's the, it's the third day of the week. And it's really, biblically, the third day of the Sabbath. Well, now it's actually. 
Uh, now it's really so the fourth. Thank you. Right. It is the fourth day since it's the fourth day of the Omer. <laughs> but that's good. Uh, I think we should know what day of the week it is as much as we should know this next 50 days. We should know what day the Omer it is. This, uh, for some folks, um, treat these 50 days minus one as, uh, as a time of mourning to commemorate the uh, 24,000 uh, disciples of Rabbi Akiva having, uh, having died. Um, you may not appreciate Akiva, but he was a Gentile, just like you, chose to follow Judaism, just like you, is one of the only Gentile converts that's actually written about in the Talmud. I mean, the guy is top shelf. Now, he blew it when it came to picking the Messiah. But Judaism, Judaism gives them a buy. I'm hoping they're going to give me a buy, you know. Um, but 33 is um, 33 is the is the is the one day during the 50 where we lift all the restrictions. You can get a haircut. You can get married. You know all that kind of stuff. 33. All right. This is the time. This is the time. Yeah. So if you're going to follow that halakha, you wouldn't shave. You wouldn't get a haircut. You know, you just, you just, you, you, you actually have an opportunity to do like a pseudo Nazarite deal, and you get a buy from the Torah. It's pretty cool, and from the rabbis. So my employer doesn't give me a buy. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the army, you can't have one because of the gas mask. You know. Okay. Especially close. Right. Yeah. All right, um, let me just uh, bless God. Father, we thank you so much um, that you have provided an opportunity for us to grow and to learn your word and how we might keep your commandments. We pray, Father, that as we do this, first, we would be honoring to you and to your Son, that your name might be glorified throughout the entire earth. Second, we pray, Father, that you would find in us a holiness a set-apartness because of these commandments that cause others to see your wisdom and your greatness and your, your wise commandments in us and that that too would bring you glory. Father, we, we ask third that as we keep these commandments and are set apart that we would be gracious one with another, not only with other believers that uh, are following the, the walk of the Torah, as you've commanded, but especially for those of our brothers and sisters that are still in the church and uh, do not keep the Torah and forsake your commandments. Father, we know that they uh, are not outside the kingdom because of this, and it is through our loving walk that we might demonstrate the joy of our salvation through a set-apart life based on your commandments. I thank you for these godly men. I pray a special blessing on each one of them, Father, and I bless you for all that you're doing in our lives, each and every one of us. And we thank you. B'shem Yeshua HaMashiach Adonai In the name of Yeshua the Messiah and our Lord and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Nice job. Thank you. Thank you.